Good night, Glenn. Hey, good night. Good night. night. See you later. See, well, see you. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. See you later. Hey, by the way, they just, the jury just came in with their Christmas parade attacker. Oh, and this is the guy that was defending himself, too. Oh, yeah. Did you see some of the clips of this? Oh, horrible. Horrible. And they're crying. uh, 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 Guilty. First degree murder. Mm, Bye-bye. So. Wow. You know why? Uh, he's uh, the color of his skin. That's why. Amen. Any Amen. white any white person who would run over multiple people in a parade would be immediately freed and let to run about the society, maybe doing it again the next week. No. Oh, people have done that or worse to black people, and they've become president. Take um, Johnson. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, Lyndon Johnson really did not like... Did not really, like, uh, Joe Biden. Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson, Wilson would be another. Yeah, another yeah. and they were allowed to become president. That's just the kind of Democratic Party that you. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have a uh, we have a great show today. We have a little bit of Kerry uh, Lake. We have tons of coverage of the three big debates that happened last night. Fetterman is is one of my favorites. Once we're able to laugh about it. But that might be, I don't know, what do you think too soon is? 400 years? Uh, It's one of the scariest things I've ever seen, and we cover that extensively. Um, And uh, we also, yeah, are covering, yeah, yeah, nothing else. I can't think of anything else that we covered. Anyway, were you trying to get me to fill in the blanks there? Do you remember anything else? Uh, I mean, it was really just the three big debates. Last night was arguably the biggest night of the run-up to the election. I mean, three big debates, three close races, three dramatic, uh, I think, events last night, uh, topped by the Fetterman situation. It really was. If you are a political junkie, which I hope you're not, I hope you have a life, but if you were, it was... It was, it was a big night. It was a big night. Big night. Okay, we'll talk about it in the podcast in a second. Brought to you by Built Bar. Every time I go to eat a regular protein bar... Uh, my mouth rejects it. In fact, I don't even go to try to eat a regular protein bar. That never even looks good. It's like pieces of pine cones stuck together with roofing tar. And I've never thought, hmm. You know, when I was growing up, we had Earl Gibbon. What was his name? Earl Gibbon. Have you ever eaten a pine cone? No, I haven't. Nor do I want to. Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore because when it comes to protein bars, go for the best. And Built is the best. Built Bar. When it comes to something that is tasty, has a load of protein in in it for you, it's good for you. It has 17 grams of protein in every bar. Only 130 calories. 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs. They are so good. Made with real chocolate. Yum. Here's something fun you can do right now. You can go to built.com slash blaze and uh, get the new blaze favorite box. You're going to get 15 built bars, the favorite flavors of Steven Crowder or Steve Dace and me. Yes. You want to eat what I eat? (laughs) You'll die young in most cases, but not in this case. The blaze favorites box, 35 bucks. Go to blaze. uh, I'm sorry. Go to built.com slash Beck. That's built.com slash Beck to get the new favorites box today. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. All righty. Um, Did anyone feel like they needed to take a shower after the debate last night? It was 
so uncomfortable and so it was almost inhumane disgusting it was disgusting it really was suboptimal if you're a politician (laughs) disgusting if you're a human being um it is it is clear fetterman does not have the ability to be able to can you i mean what is he going to do you you think he's going to go around and talk to senators and make a good case for his point of view he is nothing but a placeholder to be told what to vote on not somebody who is is being brought in for his intellectual capabilities he's just a vote he's a puppet and it it was disgusting how how that staff can live with themselves is beyond me how do you how do you put a guy you don't walk out when you see this guy operating at that level you don't say come on guys this is this is just wrong this is just wrong this is the best candidate in all of Pennsylvania really the entire campaign staff should have walked out should have walked out and, and resigned weeks yeah. ago if he if he insisted on going through with this you know from a political standpoint under no circumstances should they have agreed to this debate. They should have come up with some excuse. Uh, we're not going to debate Dr. Oz. He lives in New Jersey. We'll never find him in one of his mansions. He's having too much crudite. Whatever you wanted to say to avoid this night happening, you needed to say. If you wanted your candidate to win. But that ignores the moral consequence of what they've done. They put a man and embarrassed him in front of the entire country. They allowed this guy to go up on stage when obviously, obviously anyone with eyes could have told you that that should not have occurred. They should not have put him out there. They should have months ago said, look, we were really hoping for the best. We were hoping he could recover from this. The doctor said there was a chance. It didn't happen. You know what? We needed to bring it. We need to change candidates and put somebody else in. You know, what's really bad is the media is still covering. They're saying that this guy can recover from these strokes more than he is. That's not true. The media is lying to you. Ask any doctor or anyone who has ever had a stroke in their family. You've got about six months to improve. Wherever you are at the end of that six months is pretty much where you're going to be. You might make a little progress here or there, but nothing that is remarkable. That's where you are. So this is who this guy is going to be. At his best, this is who the guy is going to be. And really, you think that's appropriate to send him into a deliberative body? At this time in our nation, it's reprehensible. Glenn, you and I have watched some of the biggest debates over the past 20 years, and some of which Republicans have done really well. They've uh, you know, kicked butt. And I remember watching them and being you know, yeah. celebratory. Like, like this oh, was wow. incredible. Wow. I really wanted Dr. Oz to win that debate last night. I did not feel good about watching it at all. 
It was oh, I, it was disturbing I, to watch. I almost turned it off. Yeah, it was hard. I almost turned it off. I, it was it was so hard to watch. I didn't. I wanted Doctor Oz to win, and I think he clearly oh, did. Clearly, but it to watch th- this was a wounded animal. Yeah, and the and the moderators did everything they could to cover. Cut his time, you know, okay, well, hang on just a second. Well, I want to ask you again. Well, you didn't answer the question. I mean, it, I mean, it tells you everything you need to know about the Democratic here's Party. A, let me just play a couple of cuts in case you missed it. Here's Fetterman. This is his opening statement. Cut one. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. Oh gosh. He's running to use Pennsylvania. Hello. Good, good night, night everybody. everybody. And that was okay. him saying good night to the campaign, by the way. Yeah. Um, but you, you could kind of go, okay. He all may, right. Maybe he meant good evening. Yeah. Maybe you know what I mean? You could, you, yeah. Again, it's weird because they keep telling us, you know, he is just going to stumble over words. That was not what we saw last night. No. Yes, we saw a lot of that. I should be clear. But there were times where he could not grasp concepts. Here he is calling out, being called out on his fracking yeah, stance. This is a great example. I absolutely support fracking. In fact, I live across the street from a, the, a steel mill, and they were going to frack to create their own energy in order to make them more competitive. And I support that. Living closer to anybody else in Pennsylvania for fracking to myself. I huh. believe that we need independence with energy, and I believe I've walked that line my entire career. I believe Democrats... Mr. Mr. Fetterman, I do have a specific question, which you can continue on this topic, but you have made two conflicting statements regarding fracking. Fracking. In a 2018 interview, you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. I never have. But earlier this month, you told an interviewer, quote, I support fracking. I support the energy independence that we should have here in the United States. So, Mr. Fetterman, please explain your changing position. 60 seconds. Uh, I, I've, I've always supported fracking. Okay. That's not okay. even the worst part of that. Okay. No, no, no. Okay, it's so worse. they ask him, here it is, uh, cut three. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always it's supported fracking, but there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. I mean, I, I'm breathless watching that. I, that's maybe the single worst moment in any debate I've ever seen in my life. And Glenn, that has nothing to do with auditory processing. No. That is a man who can't even come up with, I changed my mind. Right. I don't remember that interview. Maybe I was misquoted. I, uh, I I don't know what the con- the context of that comment was, but I've always supported fra- anything other than just repeating yourself multiple times over, stopping, reversing yourself, and then saying it again. That is not that has nothing. That's brain function. Anyone anyone would know to say something that would justify that comment. There are things right. Look, I had, a, I had a change of heart on this. You know, in 2018, I was a little skeptical. And I, I have changed my mind. 
In 2018, I don't know what that interview is. I don't remember that interview at all. I'm not sure what that quote is. I'll have to look it up after the, after the debate. There's a hundred things you can say in that moment to get out of it. So yeah. He can't come up with one of them. It's not brain function. It is not brain function. It, 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 as a father of a daughter who has strokes, hmm. Mary can tell you everything you need to know about the Federal Reserve. She can tell you everything you need to know about money printing, everything else, because she's asked me about it. She processes things much differently, language. So it takes her, when I taught her, you know, about the Fed, it took me three days to find the way to explain it to her until she got it. Mm -hmm. Then she gets it. And then she's got to translate it, and she's she'll say several times, "I'm looking for the word." I got it's not no, it's not I'm it's not, and she'll get very frustrated because mm. she she can see it in her head, but she cannot spit it out. Okay, she can't do it. So, but that that doesn't mean that uh, you should serve in the Senate. This is a senior statesman. Okay, this is the guy who has to make the case to his people in his state why he voted a certain way. If he can't make the case on the floor, back home, on television, what good? I mean this nicely. What good is he as a senator? He is only a vote. That's all he is. Mm He is not somebody who can persuade people or explain things. Nothing. That is a big part of the job. You know, if you had a president who just could not communicate at all for some reason. What a crazy scenario. Explain this. It sounds too foreign to understand. He could not communicate at all, but he was fully lucid. He would not make a good president. Right. Because he has to be able to communicate. It's a crucial part of the job. It's a crucial part. And I, and I make the Biden joke, uh, but it, to be clear, and I, again, think Joe Biden is a terrible, terrible president. Yes. And he really does have these issues that we've talked about over these years. Oh, But when you watch a 20-minute speech from Joe Biden, what you'll see is 13 or 14 minutes of basic coherence. You will see a significant piece of time where joe biden is communicating somewhat okay yes you will you will understand what he means you can understand what he's going for and then biden has his couple of moments there that are terrible and he loses where he's going and he just stops and says come on man or whatever we've talked about it a hundred times yeah joe biden is light years away ahead of where john fetterman is fetterman was the entire time like that so here's the question. When someone can't explain themselves from confusion or whatever, it leads to really bad things. For instance, let me play what the president just said this week uh, about the bailout for student loans. Listen to this. You probably are aware I've just signed a law that's being challenged by my Republican colleagues, who are the same people who got PPP loans during the for up to close to, in some cases, up to five, six hundred thousand dollars They have no problem with that. The individuals in Congress got those. But um, what we've provided for is, if you went to school, if you qualify for a Pell Grant, you qualify for 
2000, I mean, excuse me, uh, you, you qualify for $20,000 in debt forgiveness. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two, and it's in effect. Okay. Stop. He didn't get that passed. It wasn't passed by a vote or two. Called it a law, so, too, which it yeah, is not. Yeah, it's not a law. It was an executive order. So is he lying? Is he confused? Or is he being told something that isn't true? Is he being told, no, Mr. President, you have the right to do that. You don't remember? They passed that law. You, it was close, but you, you won it by a couple of votes. All of those are possible. He may be being lied to and just used as a puppet. He may be confused at that moment. Or he may be lying. We should know which one. There's not another possibility, though. It's one of it's those. It's one three. of those. All of them are terrible. But honestly, we've come to the point where my standards are so low, I'm cheering for the lying. Yeah. That is where we are as a country with this leadership. You're, you're not going to fix a country if you're cheering for the lying option. You're just not. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, did you did you by any chance get a chance to see any of the um, any of the debate from uh, either New York or Michigan last night? Saw some of the Michigan one, a couple of clips from the New York debate last night was a big night. I mean, probably the biggest night in the run-up to these elections. And I have to tell you, I, I, I find it interesting that you, you have g- good politicians, politicians, and th- what they've been saying is so ridiculous and so easily out of step that once you get them on the debate stage, they just can't defend it. They just can't defend it. why these debates are important. You know, there's very few times that you have an opportunity to actually see these people answer these questions. How many times have we begged journalists to say, hey, you keep asking about the rape and incest exception for abortion, for example. When are you going to ask about abortion all the way up to the moment before birth, which the New York Times told us yesterday does not exist, but... When are we gonna when are we gonna hear about that? When are you gonna ask them what's the restriction you do have? We know that 84% of people are against third trimester abortions, not even up to the last minute of birth, but against third trimester abortions. Where are you on that issue? Why why do you disagree with 84% of the American people? Can you outline that? They never get pushed on this. And occasionally during a debate, you'll have to at least see them try to squirm their way out of an answer, which is satisfying. Well, let me give you a couple of things. Let me go to New York. Um, it was Hochul against uh, Zeldin. Zeldin, the Republican, here, cut 28. He's talking about crime. You have people who are afraid of being pushed in front of oncoming subway cars. They're being stabbed, beaten to death on the street with hammers. Go talk to the Asian American community and how it's impact them with the loss of lives. Jewish people targeted with raw, violent anti-Semitism on our streets. It just happened yet again. We need to be talking about all of these other crimes, but instead, Kathy Hochul's too busy patting herself on the back. Job well done. No, actually, right now, there should be a special session. The state legislature should come back and they should overhaul Castle's bail and these other pro-criminal 
laws with zero tolerance, but they're saying, elect me. She says, elect me, and then you'll find out where maybe I'll stand on this issue in January. Zellmentum! <laughs> Zellmentum! Zellmentum is right. here! Okay, now, he just slammed her on crime. Here's the response, got 29. This, this governor, who still, to this moment, we're not, what are we, halfway through the debate? She still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change they made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important. You don't know why that's so important to you? I don't know why it's so important. Dauber could have been out free, you know? What I mean, especially changes with bail. I mean, that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the big problem. Wow, completely out of of step. Uh, Cut 30, the status quo. Well, listen, you ask the will of the people. They want to see reform. Even Mayor Adams says that judges should have discretion to weigh dangerousness. I don't think that if you're two Mexican cartel drug smugglers busted with $1.2 million worth of crystal meth, that you should just be instantly released on cashless bail. Now, Kathy Ockel supports cashless bail. As soon as it got implemented, she was out there bragging about it. She chose the champion of the defund the police movement and the architect of cashless bail, Brian Benjamin. Yeah, that guy who got arrested and had to resign. That was her first big decision to make him the lieutenant governor. We need to repeal cashless bail. We need to repeal the HALT Act. Amend raise the age and less is more. We need to make our streets safe again. I'm running to take back our streets and to support unapologetically our men and women in law enforcement. Enforcement. This is about all of us together, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, as New Yorkers, to make sure our streets are safe again, to make sure our subways are safe again. This is our opportunity. Two weeks from tonight, we can continue with the status quo where they believe they haven't passed enough pro-criminal laws, or we can take control of our destiny and make sure law-abiding New Yorkers are in charge of our streets again. He had her on the ropes all night. Um she's not good either i mean no she's really really bad um he said the reason why she's lost the trust of so many new yorkers is one the scandal over the 637 million dollars uh worth of overpriced covid19 tests that the state bought and the state bought it from a hokel donor after Mm. he hosted a fundraiser for her and uh, then she suspends unilaterally New York's competitive bidding laws. And so she overpays. Yeah. If I remember the numbers right, it's more than double any other state. Yes, it is. It uh, is. Which is incredible. Right. I mean, it's so obvious that something was going on here. And she said, I, there's no pay to play corruption going on. He said, well, what are you going to do to investigate? Well, there's nothing. There's never been a quid pro quo uh, policy. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she was also forced to play defense on the $600 million that she added to the state budget to help fund a new stadium in her own hometown for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and this was added at the last minute. Uh, he said, I'm going to go back and renegotiate because this is ridiculous. And she said, Buffalo Bills, uh, that's like Broadway to New York. Uh, we, you know, we need to. We need to have a great stadium there for Buffalo. Oh, really? And by the way, did anybody point out that her husband is a top executive at the company that runs all the concession stands in the new stadium? That's that's shocking. By the way, Buffalo Bills fans will walk through like 27 feet of snow to go to those games. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'd love a nice stadium, but I don't. I mean, they will go no matter what. They're they're really good fans. <laughs> they will sit through anything. She was also put on the ropes, asked about um, immigrants. Uh, she was, you know, the, 
you know, kind of wanted to know a little bit about, you know, hey, how are things uh, with, um, you know, the other states uh, and uh, and how things are looking with other states? Mm. Why aren't you calling uh, Texas or Arizona? Why haven't you called any of these states? Here is her reaction. President Biden started making changes so people are more likely to have an incentive to stay in their own country. We're talking mostly about Venezuela, those individuals. So we, we've already seen a stemming of the tide of people. You know, I don't know that that'll change it right now. It's in a different direction. But we're there to be of assistance to the mayor. I mean, not, not to say it would necessarily be effective, but why not call the governor of Texas and say, hey, what are you doing? If you think it'd be useful, I could call him, but I don't think that that's going to change his tune. I know the mayor did outreach. I mean, you know, when you, someone's so intent on politicizing an environment, something we're rather familiar with, with all this conversation all the time about trying to scare people and demagoguery, I, I, don't, I don't know that I can really get through in a rational way to the governor of Texas, but if all of you think I should make the call, I will. But where I'm working is with the president, working with President Biden, working with Mayor Adams to help these people. Wow. Not a good answer. Not a good answer. I mean, look, Greg Abbott is not going to be won over by a Kathy Hochul no. phone call. But I, 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 you could make the call and say, hey, look, look, I, I, we know the border is messed up. What can we do to, to smooth this over? Can you send them to freaking Chicago instead? <laughs> you know, I mean, who knows? You might get through. The, the problem here with, with this race, and there are multiple factors working against Kathy Hochul here and for Lee Zeldin. It's a Republican-leaning year. Um, the the situation for voters is not good. They see all the negative things that are going on. So it's not just when I say Republican leaning year, it's because of the issues and it's because of just, you know, it's a midterm with a Democratic president. They're like, there's the fundamentals are there. But that's not enough for a Republican to win. What's interesting about this race and why I think it is legitimately competitive and different than other races in blue states is because there's no fan... There's no fan of Kathy Hochul that exists. There, there were fans of Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo is awful.com. There, are, there were fans. I'm one of them. I, I love the guy. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, but like people really hated him. But also he had people who loved him. Kathy Hochul has no passion behind her. She's never done anything to really deserve to be elected. She's been in this office and has had really a terrible time doing it. And the only reason she has the job is not because people were passionate and elected her, because Andrew Cuomo was such a dirtbag, he got thrown out of office. So now you have a situation where it's not, there's no, there's no base of support for Kathy Hochul. She's just a replacement level Democrat. And then you see her performance and you realize she's actually below that. So, so Ken Lee Zeldin, who I thought did well there. Here's my, here's my take on what these uh, debates are going to do. Anybody who hadn't made up their mind are going to go to the right. They're going to go to uh, these, you know, Dr. Oz, he's not so bad. And Hochul's really kind of bad. So in New York, I'm going to I'm going to go with Zeldin in Pennsylvania. I'm going to go with Oz. Mm -hmm. If you were on the fence. Yeah. If you already made up your mind that that these these aren't going to change anything except your motivation to go out and vote. You're not going to walk through a wall of fire and broken glass to vote for either one of these guys. It will depress the the turnout, hopefully. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be if that was my guy, either one of those. By the way, if you missed the debate, cut 11, you missed the debate in Pennsylvania last night. Uh, here it is to refresh. Have you ever had a dream <laughs> that 
that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything. Let me go to uh, Andrew in Pennsylvania. Hello, Andrew. Welcome to the Glenbeck program. Andrew, Hi, thank you for taking. Can yeah, you hear me. Yes, I can. You're welcome. You're thank on you. the air. Excellent. Um, I watched the debate last night, and I agree 100% with you, Glenn. It was very painful. It I was. mean, it was it was bad. I'm here, not that far from the Capitol, but everybody's avoiding the real elephant in the room, um, and that is Pennsylvania laws haven't changed from the 2020 election. In saying that, uh, ballots have already been mailed in even before people had a chance to watch this debate. Right. And that was 556,750 ballots have already been received. This is an intentional strategy, of course, by the Fetterman campaign to push this debate as late as humanly possible so that as many early votes could be cast before people saw it. It's the one piece of strategy I guess you can give the Democrats credit for here, although they should have just said he had a tummy ache and couldn't make it. That would have been a much better strategy. Are you there? Stats, and stats show in the 2020 election, 65% of those ballots cast are Democratic ballots. So that leaves 362,000 ballots already cast for the Democratic candidate so far in Pennsylvania. I mean, many of these states won by 22,000 votes or yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. You can read in too much into the early voting stuff. It's important for people to understand, too. It's really crucial. I think people get a lot of times when you talk about this stuff, people get beat down. They feel like, well, what's what's the point of going out and voting? And that is the I think I think you'd agree with this, uh, Andrew. This is the exact opposite message we want to send to people. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. No, people yeah. need to get out and vote, yep. and yeah. especially from our side. Glenn, I'm so confident that he's going to win. I know how you like nice, juicy steaks. I will personally bet you a steak of your choice. <laughs> That he wins. That Fetterman wins? Yes. Yeah, I don't think I'm willing to take that bet. <laughs> really? Uh, oh, come on, Glenn. I'll, I'll, I'll bet you. Nice, juicy steak. You got it. Wait, okay. So wait, who's I'm betting what? Now, wait, I want to get the bet down here. So, Glenn, you're betting that. I'll bet you a box of steaks. I'll send you a big box of steaks. Really good steaks. Wait, but what is the bet? Who is voting on Fetterman? I'm, Who says Fetterman's going to win? He says uh, uh uh, Fetterman's going to win. Mm. Wow. I'm on the losing end, but I, I'm going to be in there pitching the whole time. Now, you're saying Oz is going to win, and look, I, he could. This race could. is tightened the dramatically. Only, the only thing, the only reason why I would say he's not going to win is because of early voting. But one of the and things about early voting, which is important to understand, is that the people who vote early tend to be the most dedicated and yeah. usually partisan voters. These are people right. who are excited to get out there on day one, particularly for Democrats. So how many of those votes would you have switched by the debate? I, Probably, I don't know. Persuadables yeah. are not like, oh, I'm going to vote a month early, right? Like that's not, it's not, if you're on the fence, that's not what you're doing. And so hopefully the people did see this. That is part of the strategy though, from the Fetterman campaign. They tried to push this. They, they, I'm surprised they didn't want to do it on Halloween night. Okay, Andrew, hold on. Hold on, because you, you might be eating steaks for a while. That's the type of bet you like to lose, too. I, that's the type of bet I like. When I make a bet, and the result of the bet makes me happier than winning it, Yeah, 
Like that's why I bet against the Eagles. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. T- <laughs> I'm like I'd rather. I'd rather lose this money. You better. You better start working <laughs> for Fetterman, man, because I'm gonna send you a box of uh, steaks from Good Ranchers, which is all 100. Uh, percent You know, U.S. steaks from really good ranchers. Um, so I'll I'll send you a box of that if you win. Now, steak here in Texas is pretty expensive, Andrew. I'm just saying. Um, let me go to uh, uh, let me go to Judy in Pennsylvania. Hello, Judy. Yes, hi, Glenn and Stu. Awesome hey. to be on your show. Thank you. Hey, I just wanted to say um, I've had a Democrat some years ago tell me they would vote for a baboon if he were on the ticket on the Democrat ticket. And so, yeah, I'm thinking I'm agreeing with what Stuart said that it will more likely fall along party lines voting and that turnout is going to be the biggest issue. Yeah, I think it will be. But you think people are going to be turning out for Oz or is that still depressed? I am not. My vibes are not strong Mm. um, for a huge turnout. Oh, come on. Pennsylvania, Republicans, you've got to turn out. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Well, it's going to be nice to be on the winning side, I think, uh, this election. I think there's a good shot that we have a very good night. There also is a shot we have a very bad night. Yeah, chickens have not hatched. Yeah. I know they have not. No. So I'm not counting on the feast and I'm not putting any money down on it. By the way, have you seen the um, the betting markets? I I do monitor these. Yes. Yeah, I knew you did. <laughs> I knew you would have this. What what uh, I'm looking at look at all of them from last night. Fetterman was oof. Fetterman interesting. So uh <laughs> It was basically a toss-up going into this debate, and it's now gone to a 67-33 situation. So from even odds to two-thirds for Dr. Oz after one debate. That's probably the biggest I have ever seen uh, as far as a movement in one of these uh, markets. Also, five times the normal volume. Wow. So people... I've always believed in the betting markets because people put their money down. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing to add into the picture. I mean, none of these things and people was like, oh, you, you love polls. And it's like, well, polls are part of the picture. I think they tell you some interesting things. If you just look at polls all the time, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose. I mean, they were not accurate in 2020. Mm-hmm. How accurate are these? <sighs> they have a mixed record okay. is what I would say. All right. uh, there have been many inefficiencies uh, that some have exploited over right. the years. That, what about Hochul? Anything on New York? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, if you give me a moment. Whitmer and then Kerry Lake. I'd like uh, to see. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, Democratic, uh, three out of four chance for Hochul to still win in New York currently. And again, these are, I will. I normally used to say this, like people would say like, oh, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. That, that poll's crazy. Well, you have an opportunity to make a lot of money if you're right. Yeah. Like, if you think the polls are wrong, just go be a billionaire on these markets, right? right. I mean, you could do that. Um, so you have to just, you know, know where to go. But Hochul leading now uh, in the in the prediction poll uh, markets by 78 to 22. Okay. 
Uh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Let's go there. That'd be the same on Whitmer. 70 to 30. Yeah. Basically, uh, a lead for Whitmer there. And Kerry Lake. Arizona. Give you a couple here. We got Arizona. Uh, basically, it's still a toss-up in Arizona. Um, in in the Senate race, the governor race, 80-20, Kerry Lake. So, I mean, they, wow. you see these things move faster. A three-point lead in a betting market will a lot of times translate to a 70-30 type right. of margin because people are looking just for who wins. They don't care what the margin is. Right. Um, so that's pretty pretty dramatic. I mean, you know, if you look at the... You can look at this in the polls. You can look at this in the betting markets. You see a, a, a real switch. I mean, at one point, I believe, you know, Blake Masters was a 70-30 underdog by, I think, 538. And now it's pretty much toss-up there. The whole Senate is basically a toss-up. And this is important to understand. We, It was a good night last night as far as, I think, Republican candidates. They yeah. all did well. But they all could lose. But they all could lose. All, the three that we've featured today, you... If you're going by where people are putting their money this moment, two out of three of them are going to lose. Right. So, and I think the I think the other the third one, which is Fetterman, I, I I'm not sure. I know I wouldn't put money. Well, I just did, but I wouldn't put money. <laughs> well, down you put stake. I put stake on the line. Yes. Guy called me from uh, Pennsylvania and said, "I'll bet you stake that Fetterman is going to win." And uh, I I took it, but I don't. By the way. I want to make this very clear. I want to say this publicly. I don't want just a steak. I want a Gino's cheese steak. Mm. Okay. That's what you have to. I'm going to send you a box of meat. Uh, you get Wagyu. I'm going to send you some Wagyu meat from Good Ranchers. You, if you lose, you have to send me two Philly cheesesteaks. That's what I'm asking for. I like that. Yeah. You can order them now. They can, they, they'll mail them to you, which is... Uh, Don't make it easy on him. I want him to drive to Philadelphia and get them. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, I, I, I sat with Kerry Lake yesterday and, uh, you know, she's got she, she's got a uh, a tough road to hoe in Arizona. It is on fire, just like it is on any border state right now. People are dying left and right from fentanyl. Um, you've got all kinds of crime problems, you know. And I don't think most people know this, but even 10 years ago, I think it was Tucson was had the highest kidnapping rate. Uh, I thought it was Phoenix, but it, I do remember this in the, in this, in the world. Tucson. Yeah, I think it was in the world. Wasn't yeah. it? Number two was like Bogota, Colombia. Yeah. And the, the excuse was always like, well, I mean, those are mostly gang members and cartels. I was like, well, okay. that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> oh, so now things are even worse. Here's what she said. Cut 24 about the border. We need a governor at the state level who will put the state first, revert back to what the Constitution says. That's why my border plan is going to be so effective, because it's right there in the Constitution. We're going to invoke our Article 1, Section 10 rights under the United States Constitution to protect our citizens from the invasion at the border. Pretend, and, and wait, we wait, 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 wait. I'm... I'm not a constitutional geek, which, of course, I am. Article Article 1, Section 10, what does it say? <laughs> okay, well, the Guarantee Clause, Article 4, Section 4, is the, it's called the Guarantee Clause, and that is the federal government's guarantee to protect the citizens from invasion of this country, and they're failing to do that under Joe Biden. I think it's become very 
obvious. Even the Democrats are realizing it's obvious. We've got people pouring across our border. Uh, Another record month in September, uh, people pouring across, drugs pouring across. They're not protecting us. There's a remedy in the United States Constitution in Article 1 and Section 10. And we meet all three criteria. There's an invasion, yes. Our people are in imminent danger, yes. And time is of the essence. There's no time for delay, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to invoke in my in my uh, policy. I'm going to pull it up right here because I'm so proud of it. It's called Defend Arizona. It's our border policy, and I hope your um, listeners will take a look at it on our website. You can learn all about it. But um, I had some of the best people who understand the border, uh, help me with this. I, I said, we've got a crisis on the border. How can the states protect their citizens? Because we can't rely on this bumbling fool in the White House. I'm sorry to be rude, but we can't rely on him. He's the reason that the cartels are in control. So I brought in great people to help me with an ironclad border policy where we go to the U.S. Constitution and we have the full right to protect our citizens. And we know we're going to get fought tooth and nail on this. We absolutely know that. But we're going to fight back. And if this goes to the Supreme Court, I will be thrilled because we're going to win that battle because right there in the Constitution, it says that the states have the right to do this. Do you have Mm. a good attorney general or one that you hope will win? I do. Abe Hamaday is who we hope will win. And we believe we're going to have a red wave in Arizona. If you're listening from Arizona, you've got to vote Republican up and down that ballot. Just go in there and vote Republican up and down the ballot. We've got to get Abe Hamaday. If we get the Democrat who's way behind in the polls, I don't I don't really even worry that she would be elected. Um, They would try they would try to sue us and stop us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have we're going to have good attorneys. We will lawyer up, as they say, because they will lawyer up against us. Now, there's a little part of me that wonders if there might be a tiny few brain cells still working in Joe Biden (laughs) where he would realize how stupid it would be to sue the state of Arizona and sue the governor of Arizona, who's trying to protect the citizens of Arizona, how bad that would look. It would look like with the truth that he's on the side of the cartels she was very very good i i asked her about the constitution because i thought okay you've thrown out the constitution yeah. bring it on so that was interesting I, I, i've obviously seen her in action a, a bunch of times now as she's run this campaign and my impression of her was that she's very well spoken and has a really good grasp on the issues of but today. But how deep does she go? Yeah, I didn't know that she would be able to just like kind of throw out the Constitution and quote it. Like, that's pretty interesting. What's her background on this? Like, how did she get here? Um, well, I talked to her about, remember, she was a TV anchor for, what, 30 years, I think, 20 yeah. or 30 years in, in Arizona and Phoenix. And she was on our show. We talked about it on our show just a couple of days after she resigned. Hmm. You remember she resigned. She put out a yeah. video. She said, I didn't think it would go viral. She said, I just wanted to talk to my viewers and say, look, I can't do this anymore. I'm being told to lie to you and what's real and what they're being what the newsrooms are writing for me to say to you is not true. And I can't do it anymore. And we talked about that. And I, I mentioned, you know, you kind of came out of nowhere for America. I don't think she uh, sees it that, that way. Here she is. Cut 22. You kind of come out of nowhere. And uh, I guess I, I guess I first want to know why politics? Why did you decide? What made you say, 
oh, that's what I should do. Why? What? Well, first of all, I didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, I've no, had no, a no, 27 I know. I mean, for the rest of the country. No, I know you didn't no, in Arizona. I want to tell the rest of the country because when I got into politics, people were like, we don't know her. How? You know, they were panicked because they went, uh oh, we have somebody who actually knows Arizona. The people know her. The people love her. She loves the people. She's got 85, 90% name ID in the state of Arizona. Holy smokes, how do we stop this? Yeah. And so the first thing they did is, we don't know her. Oh my gosh, we don't know her. Who is she? And I, and I laughed. I mean, uh, I was on TV three hours a day <laughs> for 27 years. <laughs> I mean, I, the people of Arizona know my husband. We talked about family stuff. They saw me out and about. I I was pregnant through two pregnancies. I actually went, went into labor. I was in labor um, for one newscast b- before I delivered my... Um, my son. And I mean, I, the, the people of Arizona do know me, the political world and the consultant world were scared to death of me because they're like, Oh yeah. Wait a minute. We don't control her. She's not hiring us. Let's tell people that she's an unknown. And I laugh at that because I've been an open book. My entire life has been an open book. And that's how you live when you work on, on television. Well, as long as, as much as you did, I, I mean, I, I went through the same thing of three hours a day and then I went to New York and I was on television. I, I've been in this business since I was 13 years old and they had the same reaction. Who the hell is this? Where did he come yeah. from? It's an overnight <laughs> sensation. You're like, no. And, um, and how dare he? Yeah. How dare he enter our realm? Who are you? So, but um, but I, I, let me just say this. When I said, I do know you, um, you, this, my agent said this to me when he called me and said, uh, here, you're looking for an agent. He was the best radio agent in the business. And I said, yes. And he said, well, I've heard some things that you're trying to change in your life. This is 25 years ago. Um, and I was yeah. an alcoholic and he said, uh, you know, I want to just check you out a bit. And I said, fine. And he calls me back and, and he said, okay, I've done my homework. You uh, appear to be sincere in your changes in your life, et cetera, et cetera. I said, wait a minute, there's a chance you wouldn't have taken 10% of my money? And he said, no, in your business, and the same with you, three hours every day, you cannot fake who you are that long. She is, uh, she's remarkable, remarkable. Uh, You'll hear the whole interview tonight uh, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Glenn Beck channel uh, for YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search for Glenn Beck, and you'll see it tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Blaze subscribers are going to get it early this afternoon. Na, 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 na.